0: The Sound of Freedom movie is shaking up the box office and the news media in crazy ways. Today, we discuss why sex trafficking is not just an import. It's becoming an American value in some parts of the country. And you need to be aware of it, especially if you have kids or are a kid. Who is exploiting the children and how are they doing it? It goes deep. We're going to discuss that today. And has decency been returned to the White House? I'll present the facts. You can decide. This is your favorite of the week, The Deep End on Tim Hatch, live. Okay, everybody, confession time. I am a huge hypocrite. I am a huge hypocrite because I'm the one that told you to go see the Sound of Freedom movie, and I have not yet seen it myself. I, um... I'm so mad about that. I will be seeing it as soon as possible. Welcome in, though, to Season 6, Episode eight thirty-eight of The Deep End, where we discuss Christian truths through the lens of cultural news. Or you could say, we discuss cultural news through the lens of Christian truth. That's probably more appropriate. Hey, hit that subscribe button if you would. Hit the like button and hit the notification bell so that you can get notified every time we go live on Tim Hatch Live the Deep End Tonight, The Deep Dive Tomorrow Night, and you're here with me, 7.30, Tuesday night. It's so good to be here with you guys. Again, like I said, I'm a hypocrite. So I didn't see the sign of freedom yet. My assistant did. She highly recommends it. I'm going with her word. She's a trusted source of information and opinion for this show. So go see it if you haven't seen it already. It's uh, doing very well at the box of us. I think it's already paid its bills. And the reason why I didn't see it is because I <laughs> went to secure tickets way too late. I tried to secure tickets the day before July 4th. I was doing it on July 3rd. So all the theaters around me were sold out, which is good news. Good news. And that brings me to really good news. Really, really, really good. That's really good news. It's good. Yeah, let freedom ring as in the sound of freedom. I told you to get advanced tickets. Well, now I think you can just go and get your tickets a day of or at the theater itself. The movie details special agent Tim Ballard of Homeland Security and his quest to free children from the immense underground sex trafficking world that is present in our country and across the world. And I want to talk about this uh, movie, even though I haven't seen it, because There's lots of good news there's lots of weird news and there's lots of important facts first the good news and that is on the opening day july 4th opening day it defeated all other movies including indiana jones 5 which is a movie that i refuse to see based on even just some of the trailer information i've seen on it i will not see movies that lecture me i will see movies that entertain me or inform me and sound of freedom Sounds good, looks good, winning uh, at the box office on opening day. Uh, the numbers are up to $40 million so far. And in a season where Hollywood writers are going on strike and losing $30 million a day right now, I don't know if you know that, they're on strike, they're losing $30 million a day, That industry is. This is a lone bright spot for an entertainment complex that is really off course and the uh, income is showing them as such. But not all are on board with children being set free from slavery. I can't believe I have to say that. (laughs) It seems like an insane statement, but evidently not all are on board with children being set free from slavery. Left-wing secular media outlets are out in full force decrying the movie as some kind of QAnon-adjacent propaganda piece. I am speaking, of course, of The Guardian with the title article, Sound of Freedom, the QAnon-adjacent thriller seducing America, and that ever-trustworthy news source, Rolling Stone, who featured uh, one of the Boston Bombers on the cover one year, and I will never read again because of such content, said, put out an article saying, Sound Freedom is a superhero movie for dads with brain worms. But topping the list of insane media outlet coverage of the Sound of Freedom movie has to be <laughs> the ever-reliable news source, Jezebel.com. Yes, there is a website called Jezebel.com, which claims to be an accurate news source and the article's title is Soder Friedman is an anti child trafficking fantasy fit for QAnon. I have so many problems with this title and you should do. okay? Number 1. Who uses the phrase anti child trafficking? Like is that really a thing? Is this a political position to be an anti child trafficker as as if there were a other side of the issue it's kind of like claiming there's another side of the racism issue like you know there's Anti racism people, but then there's pro racist people, and they, you know, they campaign on racism and they go around the country and they stump on, yes, I want to judge people by the color of their skin. There is a political party that's doing that on a regular basis, but I'll leave that for you to decide who that is. But really, the phrase anti child trafficking is so insane, as if there is a pro child trafficking side of the aisle. And this article is written by a person named Rich Juzwiak. Rich Juzwiak is um, quite the uh, writer. He uh, is known for writing, as you can see there on on the screen, in the uh, New York Times, Yahoo Entertainment, Huffing, Huffington Post, Washington Post, Time, Los Angeles Times. So he's, you know, he's in bed with the uh, media news outlets, especially the left-wing news outlets. And he stipulates um, that, yeah, this is a uh, QAnon-adjacent film, it's propaganda, and it's trying to uh, prop up the idea that there is this secret underground child sex trafficking ring, which there is. There is. Nobody questions that. It's just whether or not it goes up to the upper echelons of our, gov- our government, which this movie somewhat stipulates. Now, let's talk about Rich Juziak and his opinions here. This is a man who writes for Slate extensively, uh, an question and answer article, and some of the headlines or some of the answers Some of the questions that he answers are, sigh, I'm a lesbian who's only satisfied by men, or I only want to have sex with any partner three times, no exceptions, or every man wants the same thing in bed, it's nauseating, or this one from July 5th, my husband and his buddy have a special relationship, the kids are catching on. Uh, Yeah, so that's just a portion of Rich Juziak's. Uh, Writings there at Slate.com. Real trustworthy source, but here's my question for him and his ilk. What does it say about you when you're defending sex traffickers? When you are calling things out as anti-sex trafficking. (laughs) Everybody should be anti-sex trafficking. The word anti-sex trafficking shouldn't actually be a phrase. Are you understanding what I'm saying here? Because there is no anti-anti-sex trafficking movement. If there is, they should be thrown in jail, even if they claim to be part of it or appreciate its contribution to society every human being with a third of the 10 percent usage of their brain should be anti-sex trafficking uh, especially for kids meanwhile cbs did highlight tim baller in an expose detailing his work which i want to play in full for you and respond here on the deep end because you need to be aware that it is real. And this is tough to watch if you have kids in the room, just so you know, just because of the facts and details of what they unpack in this uh, portion of their reporting. And kudos to CBS for actually covering Tim Ballard's amazingly important work in arresting and imprisoning the most gruesome, hideous people on the planet, that is sex traffickers. Let's watch.
1: Tim Ballard has one mission to track down child traffickers. Four months ago, Colombian authorities asked him to investigate a tip that children were being sold there as
2: sex slaves. Within a half hour, this individual walks up to me, starts asking me what I'm here for, what I want, and within minutes, he says, well, I've I've got kids as young as 11 years old.
1: Ballard, a former Homeland Security agent, now heads up Operation Underground Railroad a nonprofit group that rescues trafficked kids. After that first meeting, the Colombians asked him to put together a sting. No men will be in here, only women. Operation Underground Railroad spent months planning, renting this house, rigging it with hidden cameras to document the crime, coordinating with Colombian authorities, and negotiating with the traffickers.
2: How they find these kids is they lure them in by pretending to have a modeling agency. They target them at 9 or 10 years old. And they were telling us that about by 11, they're ready for sex. They're ready to be sold.
1: What is that like, looking into that kind of person's eyes?
2: It's horrifying, and this is why. Because... I've got a smile in the face of evil. This is the table where we're going to do the negotiation.
1: Less than 24 hours after the operatives landed, the suspected traffickers arrived on the island and the final deal with the undercover team began. Fifty-four boys and girls aged 11 to 18 were ushered in for what had been billed as a sex party. They were given candy and drinks and told to wait in this
2: small room. This, this little 11-year-old boy, I remember, he asked one of my operatives if they could give him some cocaine or something. That they, he said, they usually give me something because I'm really scared. By the
1: time the deal was done, the alleged traffickers were set to make $25,000. That transaction was never completed. Twenty-five <laughs> Colombian special <laughs> operatives stormed the party. <laughs> arresting five suspects, four men, and one former beauty queen, all charged with child trafficking. The victims, 29 of whom are under 18, were evacuated, given medical exams, and placed in a rehabilitation center, where
2: specialists
1: are working to undo the damage.
2: Right before I got in the boat, we had to walk by this room where the kids were, and they put their hand up. And I touched their hand and see that there's liberation now
1: liberating one child at a time
0: Uh, tim ballard is a national treasure and a hero and vilifying his movie is the work of this movie is the work of satan and you need to be aware of it by the way did you see so many themes of satan's aggression uh, he is a deceiver, so you know the way that they get these kids into sex trafficking is they promise them free stuff and, uh, or modeling opportunities. Uh, the modeling industry is thoroughly corrupt and is another work of Satan where women are trafficked in sexualized ways or outright sexual abuse. Uh, also, did you notice the rapidity, if you will, of the aggressiveness of? of trafficking these kids. Within 11 hours, he's approached on the beach of Colombia, And then within 24 hours of setting up the sting, he has customers ready to pay for children to traffic them, traffic them. This is the work of Satan. He is aggressively trying to destroy your children. He is aggressively trying to destroy children. I saw a movie last night. I'm going to talk about it later in the show. It's called The Pope's Exorcist, and it comes with a moderate recommendation from me, and the reason will be explained at the end, but it ties, it ties to what we're talking about now. We have to understand that Satan loves to prey on the innocent children because... They're kind of like special trophies for him. It exposes, number one, well, number one, he gets that child for life and a lot longer life than he would an older adult to manipulate and destroy and cause damage through that child or through that human being. And, and secondly, it is a trophy for him of the lack of awareness of the adults, the lack of spiritual awareness in the adults of a generation. We cannot be, we cannot afford to be ignorant of what Satan is doing with our children, with the children of the world. And anyone who is vilifying this movie or trying to uh, postulate some kind of uh, conspiracy issue related to its uh, production is doing the work of Satan, and they need to be called out as such. We are in a dark, dark world, and the sexualization of children advances with breakneck speed And no one says anything. And that is a serious problem for our culture. But Christians, go see the movie. Uh, Please take an opportunity to go and support the Underground uh, Rescue Society. I'm sorry, we'll put a link in the description so that you can go support them from this channel. We've got to do whatever it takes to expose, number one, the work of Satan, and then to rescue children, the innocent among us. Let us not let the devil have the last word here. But, you know, this is the news media. This is what they do. They are insane, losing their minds. And we have a lot more to say about that. And that takes me to Ridiculous News. Ridiculous. Let's get ridiculous. Sexualizing children is not just the work of Colombian sex traffickers. It's also the work of some state legislatures, and city or municipality leaders. I'm speaking of news you won't believe out of Wisconsin, uh, Madison, Wisconsin. This from the Wisconsin State Journal, Madison police, no law broken in girls participation in world naked bike ride. Uh, The article states that a Dane County supervisor is calling on law enforcement to investigate how a naked girl ended up participating in last week's world naked bike ride in Madison, Wisconsin. But police say they found no state law that would apply in this case. What are they talking about? They're talking about a 10-year-old girl, a 10-year-old child who participated in a naked bike ride through a major city in America, and the police can't find a state law that applies to the case? Um, this is not sexualizing minors. This is okay in Madison, Wisconsin. Is there anybody watching from Wisconsin who has anything to say about this? I mean, this is insanity. This is our country falling prey to the dominion of darkness because we've been ignorant of the spiritual war at work in the heavenly realms for over 60 to 70 years. And now it's happening right now in our backyard and nobody cares Nobody cares. This is Madison, Wisconsin, where recently the Federalist reported that the Wisconsin supervisor calls for the police investigation after the child participates in his new bike ride. But earlier in the year, in March, the Sun Prairie Area School District in Madison allowed a man, 18 year old male who identified as transgender to shower in front of four freshman girls. So this is in Wisconsin as well. You get to say you're a boy at 18 and then automatically go to the showers, the, lock, the girls' locker room in a high school, and undress in front of what's a freshman? They could be 13 or 14 years old. This is okay in Madison, Wisconsin. This is okay. And the law, the, the federals also found a law group demanded answers for this, and no answers were given. This is still ongoing. The investigation is still ongoing. There's been no arrest. There's been no problem. Nobody's kicking up any dust about these things. And and what it's showing you is that sexualization of minors is is not underground. It's not just some uh, Central or South American issue. This is a uh, supported programming that is happening through the transgenderism nonsense that is going right into the public school system. And it's not just hurting them sexually and abusing them sexually. It's also making them quite stupid. Following up from last week when we talked about understanding the Constitution, and I got a lot of positive responses from last week's content. If you did not watch last week's special on the U.S. Constitution and understanding it, please go back and watch after you watch this episode. But I got a lot of positives. Thank you for the positives. Make sure you hit that like button and the subscribe button and the notification bell on the channel. But going back to what we talked about is that students' understanding of history is getting worse and worse by the day. This is reporting right out of The Washington Post who doesn't want, I'm sure they don't want to report this, but they have to. Students' understanding of history, is works, and civics is worsening. Uh, the Washington Post fa- sa- state stating, the findings released Wednesday show a five-point slide since 2018 in the average history score on the National Assessment of Education process, often called the nation's report card. In civics, eighth grade scores fell two points, the first decline ever recorded on tests which cover the American political system, principles of democracy, and other topics. Now, hold that thought for a second. It means that our 18-year-olds do not understand how our government 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 works. That's a big problem, as I talked about last week, and I will talk about in just a moment why it's a problem even more so. Uh, Martin West, an education professor at Harvard University who sits on the NAEP's governing board, emphasized the data does not point to reasons for the decline. That said, I think it's fair. He says to speculate that ongoing debates over how to teach history may well be getting in the way of actually doing it. West and others said that while the pandemic may have contributed to the lower scores, it clearly does not fully explain it. Uh, I like that. The pandemic may have contributed but it does not fully explain it in other words test scores were declining before the pandemic and they have precipitously fallen since the pandemic and you say well what might be causing it i it's always amazing how the experts are clueless and uh, there are clues about many things nowadays that actually matter. Uh, but if you just have half a brain, if you have any discernment whatsoever through the Holy Spirit, you can see what's happening. Uh, for instance, the largest teachers union is now calling or recommending for educators to include genderqueer content in their summer reading list. So when I summer read in my days in high school, I read um, All's Quiet on the Western Front and I was forced to read Taming the Shrew. Um, I remember I had to read some other book that I lied about and didn't read and did a book report on it sorry Confession's good for the soul but nonetheless now genderqueer books which i'm sure detail sexual pornography uh homosexual pornography in illustrative form in the books will be part of that content and we have coverage on this channel about that from about two episodes ago go check that out as well but this is what's happening so you dumb down the kiddos By increasing the sexualization of kiddos, this is also sex trafficking. Let us not be ignorant here. This is sexualization of minors through the public education system. And then on top of all that, as our kids get more and more uninformed about how our civics and government system works, now there's a whole side of the political aisle that wants younger kids to vote such as the state of Vermont and other municipalities that have already passed laws that lower the voting age to 16. So here's a couple of reasons why you can't be on board with this as a Christian. You can't be on board with younger kids voting as a Christian because, number one, the scriptures are clear that kids don't know things. I always get a kick out of people who think that that one psalm verse where it says, out of the mouth of babes thou hast ordained wisdom, but the Hebrew language could be wisdom or praise there. So has God ordained wisdom or praise? or maybe some combination of both uh, is always (laughs) interesting to me because if you've ever raised kids, okay, you know how foolish they can be. It's why we don't let them get driver's license until age 16. And it's why we don't let them drink alcohol until age 21. And it's why we don't let them... um, Uh, apply certain products to their body until they're a certain age. But now the sexualization comes in and they can pick their gender and they can lop off their genitals. And now they can vote even though they don't know what voting actually does. How does voting affect how we live as a society? And the dumbing down of America is further making us and our world a ridiculous place to live. It's absurdity. And it's all a program. It's all part of the process wherein the devil wins the war or attempts to win the war for our young. To win those trophies of the innocents and put them on his shelf and ruin their lives for decades, we've got to be aware of this because the stupidification of our population is going to get worse and worse. And that leads me to news out of the CDC. Let's do deep end news. Deep, deep end news. The, the news you choose, if you could choose news. Okay, this really should still be ridiculous news uh, because I can't believe this. Raise your hand if you trusted the CDC during COVID. I'll wait. Raise your hand. Let me rephrase. Raise your hand if you trusted the CDC at all during COVID. I I have to have my hand up because I did listen to them about some things. Okay, now let's talk about what the CDC is giving guidance on now. The New York Post reporting that they are giving guidance for trans people on chest feeding children. Chest feeding. Notice the word. Chest feeding. Not breastfeeding just feeding an infant. So this is so that a man can offer his useless nipples to an innocent newborn and have that baby suck on his nipples. <laughs> Words that I would never imagine myself saying, but it's 2023 and anything goes. So the Center for Disease Control and Prevention has provided guidelines on how to how a man can chest feed a child. And one of the ways is through of course the administration of drugs and don't for one second miss un- uh, uh, underestimate the value and i mean the stock value and the monetary value of pharmaceutical com- companies to get guys hooked on drugs to cause them to somewhat breastfeed children so what they're going to give them men who want to chest feed children is a drug called domperidone. Damper- domperidone didn't pre-read that domperidone and domperidone is being used or injected into men's bodies to produce some faint uh uh, supply of milk that will be sucked into the infant's body And, and domperidone as you can see there on the article is not a is not an approved product in the united states uh it is also not uh approved for marketing in the united states And it has serious health problems as a result, side effects, you could call them. One of those side effects is uh, QT prolongation. What is QT prolongation? That is when the heart muscle takes longer than normal to recharge between beats. So the mentally ill man who thinks he's a woman has a, a newborn baby after he has drugged himself up both orally and with a syringe to produce some kind of lactation in his breast, in his chest, not breast, chest, and then potentially harms that child's heartbeat. This is what the CDC is giving guidance on. It is not by any stretch of the imagination saying we shouldn't do it it's just being letting you know you should be cautious about it uh transsexual men you should be cautious about this kind of thing and this is right out of our national library of medicine the NIH, reporting that domperidone is not approved for marketing in the united states by the food and drug administration it's available in other countries may also be available from some compounding pharmacies in the u.s uh the it, it also warns That the breast milk from a man, (laughs) the words, the phrases, breast milk from a man would provide less than 0.1% of the material weight adjusted dosage needed for an infant to actually be fed and nourished. So the kid doesn't get what he needs uh, in nourishment and has a lifelong heart problem because some absolutely insane person needs, and and I'm going to say something that you're going to be shocked by but it's true, needs some kind of sexual kink to breastfeed or to chestfeed a child. And I'm going to show you that in just a moment. So the news media is all in on it. They're going to report on this. Uh, They talk about this hormone kit that lets a man breastfeed, which will be available in as little as five years, and cause a man's breasts to swell up to a B cup. (laughs) Language. Uh, It will provide the potential... Uh, for during the last six weeks of pregnancy, of the woman's pregnancy, the man could take the drug Domperidone four times a day. The man would then continue taking this hormone drug cocktail for as long as he wishes to breastfeed. At this stage, he would be capable of releasing milk if he had a baby, due, uh, held a baby due to the release of the hormone oxytocin. Uh, a man's nipples generally need more stimulation than a woman's. No, duh. The kit, therefore, comes with a pump that helps release milk and is often used by women who struggle to breastfeed. So now men are going to be using breast pumps. I think we have seen it all. Can it get any more crazy? Can it get any more ludicrous? Yes it can. And this is about sexual kink. Do not be deceived. It's about sexual kink. Another article from the Daily Mail reports about Mika Minio Paluello. Mika Minio Paluello, who was born male but now identifies as female and there he is having a newborn baby suck on his nipple which is total child abuse and sex trafficking yes sex trafficking do not be deceived do not let them tell you that this is civil rights do not tell you do not let them tell you that this is progress this is sexualization of infants because this also is Mika minio Paluello, who a few months ago was bragging about a device held in his hand right there uh, that is used for sexual kink. What's the device in his hand? This is a clip that one would put on one's nipples for sexual arousal. So he's on Instagram talking about the fact that he likes things pinching his nipples for sexual arousal, and then a couple of months later, he's highlighted in the Daily Mail a national news outlet in the UK Uh, as some kind of champion of civil rights for breastfeeding, just feeding a infant. This is disgusting. This is straight out child abuse It is sexual trafficking of minors. And now the news media, the same news media that is calling The Sound of Freedom some kind of QAnon adjacent conspiracy theory movie and should be ignored. The same news media is also supporting a guy like this who wants to get off on infants and it needs to be called out it needs to be reported to police, although I don't even know if they'll do anything in the UK anymore. It needs to be exposed to you, dear Christian parents, because they're coming for your children and we need to be aware of it. And they're putting out endless propaganda pieces in the news that will deceive you, such as this piece from the Daily Mail also. Can a person who was born male really breastfeed a baby? The answer will shock you. The answer will shock you. The answer will shock you because they're going to try to stipulate that, yes, they can through these drugs administered into the male's body and harming the child's heart. But you should be shocked because you should be shocked at how stupid the media has become and how stupid people are becoming in that they actually believe this nonsense and listen to it. Now, here's the real kicker. Earlier this month, this man... This man who identifies as a woman and gets a kink off of an infant sucking on his nipple was featured in a report about the cost of living crisis in the UK. And there he is doing the dishes and being highlighted as somebody who is really suffering under the weight of the economic stress currently in the United Kingdom. But my suggestion is maybe don't buy your nipple kink and instead... I don't know, buy bottled water, which you were complaining about not having money for here. Uh, seems to me that the nipple kink clip would be would, 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 would buy you a few bottles of water. I don't know. I'm just guesstimating there. But this is what happens when you no longer teach kids civics or biology or economics. They have no idea what they're doing to themselves. And uh, this person was also vilified by the feminists for being highlighted by the Daily Mail as someone as a mom, working mom, who was struggling to pay the bills. (sighs) The news doesn't end with the insanity of our generation. More and more insanity coming from foreign countries will be invading this country. Let me give you one more example before we get to our, well, two more examples before we get to our country. This from Australia, Express Digest reporting that a transgender paramedic breastfed her newborn baby... Quote, to know what it was like to be a mom, end quote. And the article stipulates there, being a trans woman, I can't carry. Uh, It's one of the limitations of it all. Sheesh, you think? And then she says, he says, sorry, he says, to know I could breastfeed my own child and have that experience. I wanted to be part of that. I wanted to know what it was like to be a mom and breastfeed. End quote. The controversial practice has been criticized by specialists as experimental and unethical, but miss. I will call him Mr. Buckley, believed he had the right to breastfeed his infant. Transgender paramedic, this is Jennifer Buckley, she's pictured there, was warned by doctors against trying to feed her newborns, his newborn son, Auden, but he and his wife went ahead anyway. Quote, to know I could breastfeed my own child and to have that experience, I wanted to be a part of that, Mr. Buckley said. When doctors at the hospital learnt, learned he was trying to breastfeed Auden, they warned him it could put the newborn at risk. The doctors asked Mr. Buckley to sign a waiver and wanted to see the documentary, documented evidence of Mr. Buckley's blood infection status. <laughs> so doctors are warning in Australia that men shouldn't chest feed because they know it's going to harm the kids and all they need is a little waiver, a little documentation. What do you think Mr. Buckley's going to say on that documentation? Think they're going to tell the truth? You're, you're lying about your own gender and you're going to be truthful about your blood infection status as you're trying to get, uh, I don't know, some sense of feeling good about yourself by using and abusing this infant child. But this is the ideology that we have been baptized into as a culture from the heads of our state and the heads of our media and the heads of our education system. And it's time that the church steps up and speaks up because we are at self-absorption level 100 who cares how the kid does in his health? This is, how, this is what I need to do to feel happy about me. This is nauseating. And it should really disturb you. Why do I share this content? Why do I do this on a regular basis? Because we've got to know so that we can protect our families and we can protect our kids from the ideology that is infecting every area of society. News out of Europe. And I always say this. Look at Europe if you want to know where America is going, and here's proof positive. New guidelines out of the UK, this is Protestia reporting, say that a parent can be charged with domestic abuse for refusing to pay for their child's transgender treatment. Yes, if you don't pay for your child's transgender treatment, such as hormone blockers uh, or estrogen or testosterone, depending on what sex they want to change into, you are now going to be charged with domestic abuse. So it's kind of ironic. They're saying, we're going to charge you with domestic abuse if you don't physically abuse your child. That's literally what they're saying, because hormone blockers are child abuse. And Lupron is a castrating medical treatment for sexual predators, and now it's being used to castrate children, chemically castrate children. So the UK, remember when Isaiah says that this is what happens to a nation when women and infants lead them, they destroy themselves? This is exactly what's happening. Well, this is what's happening in the UK, and it was just a moment ago that the UK was saying... To, not, to misgender your child is illegal, and the U.S., or at least some blue states in the U.S. are following suit, and will probably get to the point where they will start uh, charging parents with domestic abuse if they refuse to pay for their child's transgender treatment. It will happen. It will come to America. Case in point, Michigan House has just passed a bill, uh, 59 to 50, that would make it a felony to use the wrong pronouns of someone. And... Gretchen Whitmer, the governor, the fascist left-wing governor of Michigan, has already vowed to sign it. It's heading to the Michigan Senate. I'm sure it will be approved there. And the confiscation of the freedom of speech is well underway in blue state America. Unbelievable was happening. Be aware of it. But at the same time, swinging the pendulum all the way over to the other side is that some people from the movement are starting to wake up. News from Fox News is a former LGBT activist regrets indoctrinating children with gender ideology. Oh my God, what have I done? She says. This is a former pro-transgender activist. She said she regretted her previous work in a pro-transgender activism uh, clinic, stating that she felt she was indoctrinated on the gender ideology in an interview with Fox News Digital. Here she is in her own words. Watch.
3: My name is Kay Yang. I'm a former trans rights activist. I also worked at an LGBT center back in 2011. Um, It was a small local nonprofit. And i was hired to conduct lgbt community outreach and education and i had no idea that what i was doing at the time i was being used as a trojan horse for this like huge marketing campaign that i didn't know was going on um, that was normalizing these policies and these practices that are pushing irreversible medical damage on healthy children. You know, these double mastectomies and uh, so-called genital reconstruction surgeries, these are being done on children. I started to realize that what I had been doing at my job at the LGBT Center, it was grooming. I was being molded myself because prior to starting to work there, I didn't really know anything about trans and I had never really heard or understood the concept of gender identity. So through working there, I became indoctrinated and right away I was labeled as an expert. And when I came to realize what we were doing, um, it was only after the fact, it was years after the fact, actually, that I looked back and thought, oh, my God, what have I done? What have I contributed to and why is this being done? because there's a huge agenda about money behind this. The mm. global market for sex reassignment is supposed to surpass $1.5 billion in 2026.
0: Uh, exactly. And so now the medical industry finds money in transitioning kids and ruining their lives and then finds even more money in convincing insane men that they can actually chest feed and poison their children at the same time. The pharmaceutical industrial complex supported by our government that was totally exposed during the COVID-19 pandemic is literally destroying our culture and we need to call it out. Um, she says in the article, uh, not in that Not in that video, but I want to just put it up here. Uh, I'm really concerned that our children are being told complete untruths about themselves and their bodies and the world around them, and that's setting them up for danger, and it's setting them up to internalize feelings of shame against their own body for just being a male or a female. And I really think that all people, but especially children, should be taught to love and respect their body and grow, to accept the body that they were born in, and whether that's a male or a female. And I'm very concerned that this ideology is grooming young girls to believe that they don't need sex-based rights anymore and grooming them to promote this ideology because that's what happened to me. It is grooming, it is indoctrination, it is insanity. You can see those two pictures of her there on the screen where she was promoting the transgender ideology beforehand. Well, good for her. Um, Thank God that some people are waking up, but we need a lot more to wake up. And that's why I provide this content to you to teach you about the truth of our age and then to respond accordingly and pray accordingly for our families and for our churches now switching gears to the Supreme Court rulings from last week that we discussed specifically affirmative action, and you'll be surprised as to who actually agreed with the ruling striking down affirmative action and uh, race-based uh, admission into school. That brings me to a deep end follow-up. The, the, the deep, deep, deep end fo- follow-up. Okay, one of the things I want to say is that when the Supreme Court makes a decision, that is very biblical. And as a Christian, you rejoice, but then you also mourn because most of the country seems to say, well, it was the wrong decision, such as the abortion decision, the Roe v. Wade decision last year, the Hobbes decision that struck down the the Roe v. Wade decision and took abortion from a federally protected right and put it back in the power of the states and their legislatures. And so most of the country said, and the Democrats campaigned on this, that uh, we need to fight for a woman's right to choose and kill her unborn baby. And, you know, the midterm elections went poorly for the Republicans because of that blowback. And so as a Christian, you might say to yourself, oh, boy, if the Supreme Court keeps making these decisions, it's going to be bad for us because people are more on the side of the decision that is opposite of the decision that they made. Well, not so fast about affirmative action. The Washington Post reports, who's okay with affirmative action? Many black Americans. And this report uh, from... Aaron Blake says data from a YouGov poll conducted after the Supreme Court decision shows America's approving of it more than two to one. And what's particularly striking about the, the poll is how black Americans responded. Indeed, more of them actually approved of the decision, more than four in 10, then disapproved, fewer than four in 10. And more black Americans strongly approved, 31 percent, then uh, disapproved, only 26 percent. This finding is in line with previous polling. While polls have long shown black Americans in favor of affirmative action, the Washington Post Sklar School poll showed nearly half, 47 percent, supported banning the use of of race and ethnicity in college admissions and then a breakdown by race if you will or color of skin in the washington post article stipulates that 63 of all u.s adults supported the decision that the supreme court made including 47 of black americans and so what this is saying is that not every biblical decision that the supreme court makes and i would call this also a um constitutional decision that they made is Unpopular or is as unpopular as you are led to believe. And even if they are unpopular, it doesn't mean that they shouldn't have been made, such as the Dobbs decision. Christians, hold on to your convictions even when it feels like the world is trying to push you away from them, right? And when we see the Supreme Court siding with biblical truth or Christian understanding of society and reality, we should celebrate that unabashedly. And kudos to the Supreme Court here for ruling on what is constitutional and what is not. I mean, if states want affirmative action, they can pass a law making it a rule in their states, or we could pass a law in the country, but it will never pass as a law. There's no chance that happens, at least on a national level. But I want to also speak to this because it teaches us about something biblical. Number one, the side of the right, biblically speaking, was always in the minority at the time of the decision. Case in point, when the spies go into the land of Canaan, 12 go in, they come back, 10 say we can't do it, two, the vast minority say they can, Joshua and Caleb. Those two men are heralded as heroes of the faith today because they stood their ground for what was the right decision in the time, even though it was vastly unpopular at the time. Consider when Lincoln set the slaves free in this country, when he signed the Emancipation Proclamation. Did you know that only 2% of Northerners were abolitionists and most of the North believed that it was the wrong idea, but Lincoln made the decision as unpopular as it was in the time. And today we can't even imagine going back on that decision just because a decision is unpopular does not make it not right. And just because most people don't agree with it doesn't mean it was wrong and we should be ashamed of it. That's the point that I'm making. And when it comes to affirmative action, I want to make one more pastoral point. And I think this is accurate, even though I'm not black, but I believe it's very insulting to pass laws or hand down judgments that continually say to black people, you need help. You need help from us white people. I think it's insulting to them. I think it's a soft form of racism. The, the what is that called? The soft form of low, the soft, the soft racism. Oh, soft bigotry, soft bigotry of uh, low expectations. Yeah. Uh, Moreover, biblically speaking, there's an argument to be made here. Perhaps history's most successful ethnicity is the Jewish race, and yet they are also history's whipping post. They were enslaved, they were exiled, they were subjugated, they've been ruled over, occupied, and even attempted to be governed to this day. And yet they have accomplished amazing things in human history. They've provided amazing technologies in human history, and even today they are on the forefront of emerging technologies. The Bible teaches this, obstacles, both social and personal, are opportunities for us to grow, for us to depend on God, for us to succeed in spite of them, proving that what might be assumed about us by others is not the definition of who we are. This is a biblical mindset. What's good about the story of David is that though he was ignored by his father and insulted by his brother and doubted by his own king... He didn't let what other people thought about him define him, and he defeated Goliath. What's good about the story of Ruth, his great-grandmother, a foreign immigrant with no rights who lost her husband and lived in poverty yet became David's great-grandmother because she did what she could in spite of her class, in spite of her drawbacks and obstacles, and she becomes a pillar in salvation history. What's good about the early church is that though they were persecuted, outlawed, chased out of town, and hunted. Do we not learn from them to embrace the obstacles, to embrace the opposition and stand strong in faith, knowing that God will one day vindicate what we stood for? History and the Bible prove that coddling people or coddling children especially, is the fastest way to make them dependent and powerless. Is exactly what the public school systems want to do to our children. Nanny them from the cradle to the grave. Make them dependents. Make sure that they fall in line. Don't let them experience obstacles because obstacles could cause them to grow and become independent. No, no, no. We'll, we'll plow the road for you from the government downward so that you never have to actually grow into an adult. And that will make you wonderful subjects to the new world order that is coming upon the world. And by new world order, I mean the WEF, if you know what I'm talking about. No, 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 no. Christians embrace obstacles. And especially if they're obstacles that are societal-wide. We embrace obstacles because obstacles provide us the opportunity to overcome and to represent what is best about humanity, that when we believe in God and trust in him, in spite of our circumstances, we can be more than conquerors. As Paul says in Romans chapter eight, what can separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. No. And then he says, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. In other words, people think we're just being slaughtered, but in reality, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Or consider Paul's words as he wrote from a prison in Ephesus to the, Philippi- the, the Philippians. He said, I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. I know that in every circumstance I have learned the secret to facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. See, we don't want to be victims because victims are dependents and God doesn't want de- dependency on his, in his people. God wants his people to trust only in him, not government and to overcome the obstacles with his help. Speaking, however, of unpopular decisions that were also necessary, Let's go back to the Hobbes decision, where the Supreme Court made the decision about a year ago right now, and all of the country blew up in effigy because they hated the decision. A great video was put out circulating around social media. I want to share it with you of what teens are now saying and young people are now saying as a result of the Supreme Court ruling striking down Roe v. Wade and the national right to abortion. This is fantastic Watch. It's
4: been one whole year since Roe v. Wade was overturned.
2: Which
0: means they've been making
2: abortion illegal all over the place. So these are dark times. These are dark times. Dark times. Dark times.
1: Un tiempo muy oscuro.
4: Because now, now that Roe v. Wade is overturned, a woman can get pregnant just from having sex.
2: <laughs> oh. I'm now seriously considering going down the dangerous path of abstinence until marriage.
4: I find myself in this really bizarre state where I'm asking guys about things like their values and trustworthiness before sleeping with them.
2: Before a girl will have sex with me now, she's asking me all these dumb questions, like, do you love me? And what happens if I get pregnant? And do you have a job?
4: (sighs) I don't know. Abortion being illegal where I live has definitely raised the bar for which men I'll date and have sex with. And that's a terrible thing.
2: It used to be that if I got a girl pregnant, I would just force her to get an abortion, and I can't do that anymore, and that's awful. I can't tell you how many first dates I've had in the last year where no sex happens. All we do is talk about who we are and get to know each other.
4: Ladies, if you haven't done it already, you need to get an IUD. This will make your uterus a toxic and hostile environment like it's supposed to be.
0: It's like now sex is such a bigger deal. It's not just about me using someone else's body to get myself off.
1: It's like the government is making me responsible for a bunch of stuff I shouldn't be responsible for, like my sex life and my children.
2: Why would I ever want to bring a child into a world like this? A world in which it's illegal to kill children.
4: I live in constant fear of a baby somehow finding its way into my uterus.
2: So these are dark times?
4: Dark times. Dark times. The overturning of Roe v. Wade did this to me. The Supreme Court of the United States put this inside of my body. Okay, so new idea here. I think that a man and a woman, before they have sex, need to draw up some sort of contract that says, I promise to take care of you, and you promise to take care of me, and we both promise to take care of any kids that we produce together. I mean, like, I know it's new, I know it's shocking, I know <laughs> it's out there, but that kind of contract is the only way that I see us moving forward.
0: Amen. That's marriage.
4: No, no, it's not.
0: That's <laughs> I, well done. All... It's great.
1: Amy Coney Barrett personally did this to me.
0: <laughs> Fantastic we should note on this show and some Christians couldn't bring themselves to voting for Donald Trump. I understand because you measured him by the qualifications of a pastor in first Timothy (laughs) three, instead of who had the better policies that protected life and protected traditional marriage. And because of his three Supreme court nominations that made it into the Supreme court and Mitch McConnell's political maneuvering that kept, um, Uh, Obama's nominee out in the last couple of months of his uh, presidency and got Amy Comey Barrett Barrett in on the last month of Trump's presidency, we now have no more Roe v. Wade, no more affirmative action, uh, freedom of speech, and the rights of our Constitution are being upheld. I hope that Christians are learning their lesson from what they kicked and screamed about concerning Donald Trump. Let's do a little talk about our current president in the White House. And that brings me to politics. Okay, so an article at Axios.com has me asking a couple of questions and a serious question for Christians. And the question is, is regular swearing at subordinates and yelling at them using derogatory language appropriate for a devout Catholic this article from Axios, Old Yeller, brought Biden's Private Fury. And the article states, in public, B- President Biden likes to whisper to make a point. In private, he's prone to yelling. Behind closed doors, Biden has such a quick temper that some aides try to avoid meeting alone with him. Some take a colleague almost as a shield against a solo blast. The president's admonish- admonitions and words include, Gee, damn dammit how the F don't you know this? Don't effing BS me and get the F out of here, according to current and former Biden aides who have witnessed and been on the receiving end of such outbursts. Zoom out. Biden's temper comes in the form of angry interrogations rather than erratic tantrums. He'll grill aides on topics until it's clear they don't know the answer to a question, a routine that some see as meticulous and others call a stump the chump or stump the dummy routine. Being yelled at at, by the president has become an internal initiation ceremony in the White House. Aides say if Biden doesn't yell at you, it could be a sign he doesn't respect you. Okay, the article goes on and on about his derogatory language in the White House. And the question that I have for people who think he's a great guy and he's a true Catholic, is that how Catholics act? Do Catholics swear and uh, demean their subordinates? Do they use F-bombs in their leadership? Do they have to? Is this biblical living? Is this Christian living? Now, no one among us is without sin in regards to the words of our mouth. James says that's really like the last, that's like the last bastion of sin for many Christians is that we just will never get this tongue, this evil fire under control. And that's why we desperately need Jesus until the day he comes back or we die. But when it is open and out there, behind closed doors at least, that Biden uses such language towards subordinates. Is he really reflecting the heart of a true Catholic? I bring it up because you have to know something. The devil swears. He's the author of vicious evil speech. Uh, Derogatory language comes from the devil. Do not be dismayed. If you call people vicious names and swears, you are doing the devil's work. You are insulting someone who's made in the image of God. And that is exactly how Jesus and and James address this. You need to guard your mouth very closely as a Christian. And I just get a kick out of the fact that the media bends over backwards to talk about how wonderful of a man this guy is and how morally upright he is as opposed to the last guy. And yet we have articles like this coming out detailing abusive behavior. And I guess abusive behavior in when you're in power, is okay if you're pro-abortion, which I think is really just the litmus test for all of our politics at this point. But uh, derogatory speech towards subordinates is just one of the many things that we find out exist in the White House under Joe Biden. Let's just do a quick review. Over the past couple of weeks, we have had in the White House cocaine found, first in a visitor cubby, and now in a place that is only accessible to uh, family members of the president and a man bearing naked breasts on the white house lawn and the progress flag shoving the american flag to the side dear christian who votes democrats democrat <laughs> do you see what i see do you see this is this okay is this the, this is the country that you are proud of this is decency being restored to the white house i think not And I think so many Christians are uninformed and ill-informed that they make poor choices when it comes to the parties that they support. Okay, one last segment. Let me recommend a movie that I think I already previously referenced. It is The um, Pope's Exorcist. I want to talk about it. I talked about this movie back in March, The Pope's Exorcist, and I have to say it was really good. I saw it. On the plane last night I always wait till movies come out on the plane or on video because you know who wants to go to the theater anymore so really good it is a, this is a soft recommendation um, devout like really conservative Christian families you can ignore this and you can disagree with me about this and I'm fine with that because there are many scenes of sexually suggestive phrases many many swears including f-bombs but all of that comes from the demons, and, and that's, I guess, the only one qualifier that kind of you know, lends credence to this recommendation. There is a lot of horror imagery. Uh, I wasn't really scared, and I hate horror movies, but I wasn't really scared by these horror images because what it really shows is the demonic activity that is alive and well in our culture and in the unseen realm. And I would also like to say, kudos to Russell Crowe. He is a brilliant actor, and in this movie, he takes his game to another level. He literally disappears and becomes Father Gabriel Amorth in an amazing way. Now, if you don't know, Father Gabriel Amorth uh, claims to have done over 100,000 exorcisms over a 60-year period. Um, here's what I loved about the movie beyond just the acting and the story. There, there was a powerful scene, and I don't play any shots because I don't want the content to get flagged. There's a powerful scene where the 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 priest is addressing the demon in, inside the child and the demon is taunting the priest saying, "Yeah, you sinner, you're going to come and do this to me. You think you got power over me?" And so the father, who has a tremendously wonderful sense of humor and approach to exorcism, at least as depicted by Russell Crowe, says, "I'm a sinner, huh? Why don't you go ahead and tell me my sins? Go ahead." And it's a it's an amazing shot because the the demon gets eerily quiet and can't say one sin of the father and then the priest says you don't know my sins do you because my sins have been absorbed by the one who rules and reigns over the creation i mean i was just like oh that was like man goosebump in uh causing speech in uh, line in the movie it was awesome and then you see depicted in graphic detail again soft recommendation the real struggle between evil and good Okay, there is one nude shot, but it is a demonic nude shot. So just be aware, soft recommendation, but nonetheless, what it did for me, and I, if you see it, I hope it does this for you. So many times we forget that we are in a serious spiritual war and there's a fight to be had and it is, it is a real war. So I left the movie thinking, wow, I need to stay prayed up. I need to pray over my life more often, my kids, more often my home, more often because we wrestle not against pe- uh, flesh and blood, but against principalities, evil forces in the heavenly realms. And we have to do damage to the kingdom of darkness on our knees, praying. Because they're coming for our kids. And so a soft recommendation for that movie. And if you go and you hate it and you're offended that I recommended it, I'm sorry. But that's the show. Thanks for being here, everybody. I'm so glad that we spent this hour together. Check out Tim Hatch Life with some new content and some new swag. And support the channel. To get this um, message out to as far uh, as as many people as possible, as far as possible, the Cash App tag Tim Hatch Live or TimHatchLive.com/support. And tomorrow night we will be back with the deep dive, picking up our study through Second Kings. And I am glad that you are here, and I hope that this content inspires you to fight the fight of faith so that you can say, as the Apostle Paul said, I have finished the race, I have fought the good fight, and hence, therefore, there is a crown of righteousness stored up for me, but not also for me, but for all who love Jesus Christ appearing. God bless you. Have a great night.